Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine program known internationally and around the world as Smoking and Toasting, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Yes, this is, yes, this is the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, caught the show. Uh, Chris Hart's in the studio, by the way. Chris Hart. Everybody, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Um, and Ian is in Tucson, Arizona, and Hi, uh, and here via Skype. It's great to see you, brother. Man, good to see you. I'm sitting here in uh, Tucson, Arizona, Anthony's Cigar Lounge, uh, Anthony's Cigars, and Tucson being in this valley. If I look off to my left, I see mountains. Yeah. And when I look off to my right, I also see mountains. Yeah, it's kind of like it's that. Pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> here in it's Texas. From Houston. Here in Texas, we're lucky if we get to see hills. Yeah, for us, we're it's, running it's, about we're running about ninety three degrees outside right now with yeah. a whopping ridiculous eight percent humidity. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, here in Houston, if you look to the left, you see construction. If you look to the right, you see construction. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the extent <laughs> of our. Yeah, that's our that's our mountains. That's <laughs> that's what we've got. No, Chris, we we said on a previous show. I don't know if you uh, uh, have heard us say this or not, but uh, that we decided that it was okay to refer to the show as world famous once I realized that my mom was aware that it existed. Sure, sure. Because uh, I never told her. Because this this is not her thing, you know. Drinking and smoking, definitely not. Definitely my mom's not your thing. mom's thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So once she became aware that it existed, I thought, well, we must be world famous at this point. It must have found. So that's guy. that's my rationale. So that's why whenever I mention the world famous smoking and toasting, Ian always pipes up and says, "Hi, mom." So, uh, so hi, mom. Uh, it's show number one hundred and ninety. Now Jesus. that's that's the great news. The bad news is since we're halfway to two hundred, uh, we have no idea how to do show two hundred in the uh, pandemic uh, world because the whole idea behind what we did for show 100 and you were there uh, and what we wanted to do again in a bigger way for 200 was just putting all these you know crazy people we've had on as guests and stuff all together in one room tons of bottles everybody has cigars we just kind of have a free-for-all and show number 100 went on for like four hours but yeah, I don't, that was a blast. I don't know how we do that in this in this situation. I mean, if we were if we were to do that, we'd have to be all spaced apart. We'd have to use like fifty cameras, so or a really wide angle lens. or a really yeah. wide angle lens, exactly. So, so I don't know what we'll do for two hundred. But today we're going to talk about what the experts have to say about whiskey, and so we can't do a whiskey expert show without having our own resident whiskey expert. Chris Hart on the show. Hey, wait, wait a second. Did, did our whiskey expert bring rum? Yeah, yeah. But I also brought okay, whiskey. I, I brought whiskey. Sure I, got this straight. I brought whiskey as well. Well, yeah, not this, for you though. This particular whiskey expert is also a big fan of the rum, and so he and I connect on that on that level. Uh, maybe even more than we do in the whiskey level. Because for me, like I, I I love whiskey, but given a shot at having a really great glass of rum, I'd probably take that over the whiskey. And I know that's heresy for some people. Oh, yeah. That's just where my palate's at. Hey, you know? well, our first ever bottled product, uh, you would think, for Whiskey Pete would be a bottle of whiskey, but it is not. <laughs> it's it not. Is it's a bottle of rum instead. 16-year-old rum, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm really excited for you to tell us about this because 
uh, a little bird told me that you're you've got distribution, which means people are going to be able to buy this soon, right? Yes, that will be. We finalized that today. It, it took quite a. It's been such a hectic couple of days that mm-hmm. I forgot to brush my fro to come in here. So, <laughs> well, you're looking. You're styling. You're looking good. Listen, everybody's hair looks different in the pandemic. Sure. You know, uh, if people would show up on Zoom with you know the craziest hair you've ever seen, even celebrities are like letting their hair and their beards go gray. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, actually. I, I like the look. Uh, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Melissa Villasenor, looks fantastic with gray hair. Yeah, uh, and it's you know from Saturday Night Live. But uh, yeah, it's just been it's been weird. Uh, this morning we finally finalized distribution, so it'll be a couple more weeks before these bottles are available. But I, 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 I they're already kind of pre-spoken for. I didn't really come to promote them as much as I wanted you. I want your blessing. So you you wanted to give me an opportunity to taste. Yes, it. Yeah. yeah. So the the last person I tasted these on were, was our friend over at B and B, Jeremiah. Oh, and and what was his take on the? Loved uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one in particular that's divisive uh, for its profile. Mm-hmm. I don't want to influence it. I'm just going to give it to Is you. Is it a, one of the ones you yep. have here? To, okay. Good. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'll give it to you in a certain order, right. and, and we'll rub it in in our Ian's face. And yes. Uh, <laughs> Plus, Ian. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Chris brought some very nice looking whiskeys, and I brought something that I have not yet tried. I'm sure you probably well, have. If, if if Chris if Chris is a real and congenial host, like you know other hosts we get, he'll just leave us a few of those bottles. Well, that's true. Sometimes that does happen, Chris. People leave <laughs> bottles behind for us, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay, very yeah. good. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'll also have a chance to taste this, Chris. You have to tell me if you've had the. Uh, George Dickel Barrel Select. Yes, yeah. So Barrel Select uh, or George Dickel period, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, especially their older stuff. I think it's really unique. So I was looking for uh, the bottled and bond, but I couldn't find it. That's what I actually went out searching for. That's... And when I when I couldn't find that, I, I went with the uh, bottle of the Select instead. But uh, but anyway, we'll be trying. I'll try it for the first time. You can tell me what you think. And Ian, I will have some of this left for it's you. It's been a couple years. When you get so back home, I, I'd so. like to taste it as well. So absolutely. So we have that. We're, we're going to taste some taste some great beers. Galveston Bay Beer Company's Ghost Ship Gosa. Uh, we've had some Galveston beers on the show before, but we have not ever had one from Galveston Bay Beer Company, if I remember uh, correctly, Ian. So uh, excited about that. Galveston I brought, Island. I don't know about Galveston Bay. Yeah, Galveston Bay uh, Beer Company. So it was the first time I actually remembered coming across them when I found this uh, Goza. So I haven't tried it. I'm looking forward to trying it. Um, and then one of my favorite breweries in the world. Ian and I did a show where we listed our five favorite breweries, and this was, I think, my number three, is Bear Bottle Brewing Company from San Francisco. They are masters of the IPA, and they release different IPAs all the time, and I have their latest, or what I believe to be their latest, the Galactic DJ Hazy IPA. And so I know you like a good hazy, so I wanted to try that on you and and see how that goes. I've not tasted that one anyway. And Ian, I had this this great uh, beer that I decided to save for you until you get back. I was going to bring in a, a beer that I discovered that is part barley wine, part imperial stout. And I thought, oh. if ever there was a beer... I mean, the, the label should just say Ian Barry. Because <laughs> that, that's so like right up your alley. But I, decided, I to, decided to save that for you next week. So, um, so Chris and I will be trying, from Urban Family Brewing Company, their Killer Queen Sour Ale with blackberry, honey, and hibiscus. Which sounds like... 
I'm either going to love it or hate it. Like, I, I, I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to trying all of those. And we have uh, drinking news again on the show today. And we have uh, uh, all kinds of things that are going on in the cigar world. We, we told you last week we were going to talk about the Pope declaring that whiskey is the true holy water. And, uh, and then we never got to that. So for anybody that has not heard that story, uh, we'll get to that. I have not heard that story. Okay, so we'll so get to I'm that as well. To hear it. And uh, there are 10 whiskey brands that you need to try according to, I'm making air quotes for those of you uh, listening and not viewing, uh, experts. Okay. And so I thought we I got some thoughts on this. We can't do that without having our own expert yeah. weigh in on it. So you know, you know what's great about smoking and toasting for me is we have a resident whiskey expert. You know, who comes on the show whenever we invite him to. Uh, we have our wine expert, Mark Mark Burrell. Uh, areas especially that I'm not very, you know, fluent in, we have people who can speak with much more authority. And sure. so that's, uh, that, that, that's an exciting thing about the show. Uh, Ian, you, uh, you know, all, all joking aside, I really do learn something brand new every time we sit down and chat about whiskey. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, Ian, I saw earlier that you have already lit up a cigar and you're smoking. So, uh, so what's, what's going on over there? I did. Well, you guys get the whiskey and the rum. I'm going to make you jealous, and I'm smoking a cigar mm. while we're talking. I am jealous. This is a Tatuaje TAA exclusive uh, 2020. Okay, so this, a great is, stick. this is one of the cigars that is only available to the TAA member stores, correct? Mm-hmm. It is. And uh, that's the uh, Tobacconist Association of America. Uh, this is their newest 2020. I haven't had this one, and uh, the shop provided me with this. I'm at Anthony Cigars over here in Tucson. They got like four locations. I'm just going to give them a quick, uh, a quick uh, sting here because they did uh, so so nice to me. Uh, they've been open about 25 years out here, and they're super friendly. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Awesome, awesome. And so this tatuaje. Um, uh, apparently, Chris is familiar with this particular stick and likes it. Yeah, unless, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was last year's? This is the 2020. Okay, no, I have not had it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, last year's was fantastic. Year. Last year's was also quite good. And it looks identical to last year's. Okay. Like color, everything. So, uh, But this one's starting off with a lot of uh, cappuccino and uh, chocolate flavors right off the bat. This is a kind of a dark brown cigar with a semi-smooth surface, a little bit oily. I'm really digging it so far. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, you've got a spirit of your own to taste over there when we're doing a little uh, rum and whiskey tasting, correct? I do. I got a local from Independent Distillery. Oh, nice. I don't know how well that's showing up there. There we go. There Independent we go. Distillery Barrel Aged Gin. Nice. Yeah, you can't legally call it Barrel Aged Gin. That's so it why says it says rested. Barrel Rested. Yeah. Oh, Barrel yes. Rested Gin. Sorry. Very interesting. Yeah. And why Why is that a particular... Archaic uh, stupidity. So it's, it's yeah, just one it, of those things. In fact, I believe recently the TTB went ahead and changed... There was a bunch of changes proposed. Uh, barrel sizes, gin, vodka. Vodka used to be known as a colorless and odorless spirit by definition. Mm-hmm. Now it uh, it does not have to be... Uh, flavorless. It can, you know, you can. You can have a flavor. You can. Vodka, there's yeah. more you can do to it now. So they've loosened some regulations. I believe one of the regulations that was changed was gin. You can have a okay. barrel aged gin and call it barrel aged gin. Okay, that's uh, that's good to know. That but seems to be becoming uh, substantially more popular recently. Yeah, oh, yeah. Anything that spends time in a barrel is beautiful. Yeah, and and for good reason. I mean, it it just takes uh, it takes things to a whole different level 
once they're allowed to rest or age or whatever you you call it, depending on what it's in. And it's it's just the simplest concept in uh, in distilling. So it's, it's nuance. Yeah, yeah. nuance. I Thank you. A few local beers to taste alongside of your tasting today. I love that because I love when we get you know beers from all over. Uh, what what are you trying, Ian? So I got uh, Santan Brewing Company. Is that out of Tucson? Arizona style lager. Oh, nice! I like like the can. Awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty classy looking can. Uh, that comes in at four point seven percent. I got. Morning Buzz Coffee Stout from Mud Shark Brewery, also local. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then buzz. just to make you guys seriously jealous, because I haven't seen this before, and um, this is uh, this is not local. This is from Burbank, California, but this is Trejo Cerveza, oh, wow. Mexican oh, Lager. Nice. That's sweet. Nice. That can's as tall as he is, too. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> Especially when his head's on a turtle. Uh, but uh, uh, but I digress. Um, so let me tell you, Ian, about the cigar that I smoked this week because it was it was really interesting. Notice how I said notice how I said the cigar that I smoked this week. Correction. The cigar. There's one, one of one of the cigars that I smoked this oh. week. In particular. Uh, I had the La Aroma de Cuba Monarch. The Aroma de Cuba uh, line of cigars is created and blended by Jose Pepin Garcia at the My Father Factory, but he does nice. it he does it for Ashton. So there's so much of this going on in the cigar world now, where you have blenders from one company who get involved in blending a cigar for the other company, like what A.J. Fernandez is doing with uh, uh, a lot of the Everybody. major brands and, and all of that stuff. So it's it's a it's a real interesting thing that you're seeing more and more of today. So this was another, I thought, really pretty stick. It was um, had a beautiful band. La Aroma de Cuba has one of the prettiest bands, I think, in cigars right now. Um, it had a, a red ribbon around the foot, slightly veiny but still gorgeous Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper uh the filler and i believe the binder were both nicaraguan um and so on the pre-light it had a nice hay and barnyard kind of aroma once i lit it up here came the earthiness that you kind of expected from the barnyard pre-light and some chocolate the nicaraguan pepper was there too but it's instead of it being kind of a blast on the front like so many nicaraguan tobacco cigars it was there mostly on the finish and in the retro hail. So, so Ian, you're you're right by a street, so we're going to hear some street noise occasionally if people are wondering. That's that's that's, yeah. that's what that is. So, anyway, the the pepper was there, but mostly it was on the finish and the retrohale. Uh, that pepper finish got longer though as the cigar smoked, and I really enjoyed it. I like pepper in in as a flavor in my cigars. I I have a tendency to to enjoy mostly Nicaraguan cigars, and uh, so I like that sort of pepper profile. But I never want it to be the only thing. And so when uh, cigars got these other kind of flavors and aromas happening with the pepper, it's really, really nice. Around the second third, I got some wood and nuttiness starting to emerge from it. And then in the final third, this really kind of pleasant sweetness came in. And what it did was it kept the cigar from getting that sort of harshness that some cigars can get, especially stronger cigars, can get when you're in the last third because you're so close to the flame and there's not as much tobacco between you and the part that's lit. And sometimes cigars will get a little bit a little bit of that burning sort of harsh harshness to them. But the sweetness really offset that. So it made it a very nice smoke 
all the way down to the nub. It was nice and complex all the way through, medium-bodied, decent burn. It's another 8 to $9 cigar that seems to be all I've been uh, reviewing lately, but uh, it didn't disappoint. I'd recommend it. Price to quality, uh, 5.5. So just felt like it was just a little bit better than what I paid for it. Very nice. Well, my cigar review is going to be a little less complete. So far, the free light sniff on this was was a cigar, a little bit of hay, a little barnyard. The free light draw on this had a lot of coffee and cappuccino. The initial light on this had a lot of coffee and cappuccino, very little pepper, actually. And now I'm getting about this far into the cigar. It's picking up a ton of cedar and chocolatey uh, malty kind of notes. Nice, nice. Well, as jealous as I am of you, because I can see how much you're enjoying that just watching you smoke it on the screen, I have to say that jealousy was diminished just a little bit. A moment ago while you were talking, I kind of took my first sniff nose of this rum that Chris uh, poured me, and I realized that you won't be sampling this, Ian. I'm so sorry, because it smells delicious. It really does. Sad, it's, got, it's got that... Um, it's got that uh, slightly overproofed uh, oh, yeah. vibe to the to the nose. Yeah. So all of these offerings are single barrel cast strength, unadulterated. Okay. Uh, four square, as you know, is probably the most popular. Right. I've got a bottle of the four square that we that we uh, sampled here on the show. That's in my bar, and whenever I'm in the mood for for a rum that's really big, that's where sure. I go. Sure. So th- this rum is actually uh, the only opportunity you're going to get in Texas to find at retail. A, uh, a fully cast strength, unwatered down, single barrel version of their uh, of their rum. Everything else they do is blended. Everything else they do is slightly watered down, uh, and uh, anything that has water in it, they normally add a touch of color to it. So this is unadulterated, and you can actually see here at the bottom. You see a lot of barrel char floating around at the bottom mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that is uh, unfiltered. And so this is your chance to taste deconstructed Foursquare, is right. what I like to call it. Well, I will tell you, on uh, the on the first sip, I like this better than the bottle of Foursquare that I have in my bar at home. Yeah, at a hundred, I think it's got it's got the same kind of impact, but it's got more flavor to me. I'm getting more of the 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 maple notes and the vanilla that I associate with kind of softer rums, you know. Uh, sure. And and that's the one thing I sometimes miss when I go with something like the Foursquare, is I feel like I get that. Sort of like like whiskey hug vibe going. Sure. Well, there's a ton of heat in that too. But yeah. I don't get the same uh, flavor necessarily. Sure. Uh, and so this, I think, is this is really spectacular. You, you may want to add a couple drops of water to it, but that uh, 128 proof, 12 years old, mm. cast strength single barrel, and uh, yeah, we're proud of it. That's really good. That's really good. So you mentioned that we may or may not actually be able to find these at retail. No, you you will be able to find them at retail. They. Um, we had six stores basically, when offered some, wanted their own entire barrel. So, oh, gotcha. so we did our first run of six barrels, three Guyana, two Four Square, and one Belize. And uh, those will be available around Houston in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll be announced. You, you can right. follow, follow our, uh, you know, the Whiskey Social social media page or my Instagram, Whiskey Pete. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then... We, I tasted you that on that one first because I think the Belize is the most bourbony, okay, of the two, and then Which and is, that's a little even more, 130 proof, okay, and then the Guyana is 16 years old and uh, 
quite a, a drop in proof. So right. very unique, and we, from what we understand, uh, we we suspect that this was distilled on the Port Morant still, which is the oldest rum still in in rum making. Wow, uh, it's an old wooden still, so it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. It's got tons of licorice, tons of anise. It's so different, so bizarre that uh, the, it just is not going to compare to. It's going to be totally different. Totally yeah. different. Okay, so we good. wanted to end with that one. All right. So looking forward to that, and I want to find out a little more about how you went how you got into the whole sure. process of this. We are going to take a break, and we'll uh, return shortly with Ian in Tucson. Uh, Chris Hart and Cruz in the studio in Houston. We're heard around the world. This is Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. Awesome. Yes, good. Hey, Dan. Welcome back to Smokin' and Toastin'. It's the uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, so those of you who are uh, catching us on the, um, the Facebook feed, uh, you got to hear just before we came back for the segment, uh, you got to hear that awesome sound effect of Chris opening the uh, uh, the can of beer. Chris, you brought this one in. This is a spindle tap, and it, this one, I believe, is a limited release. It might be. It? it might be. I got it from the brewery. It's a double IPA from them uh, called One Love. And, wow. uh, man, that can almost froze. Yeah, and if you look at it, <laughs> see, I, I will never forget the first time I Don't tasted. Don't forget you got freezer beer. Yeah, the first time I tasted a Ghost in the Machine was when you brought it on the show. That's from Parish Brewing, and it was fro- it was so frozen that we'd had chunks of ice in it. Oh yeah, it immediately became like my favorite IPA ever. Delicious, it, yeah. It's just so good, and it was so good frozen. I just wanted to show this to the camera. How this may look more like actual orange juice than any hazy IPA <laughs> I've ever seen. That's that's crazy. How how hazy, crazy and hazy. Yeah, there's a couple of great Houston breweries who do unique styles extremely well yes. right and genius is big on the adjuncts and the mm-hmm. experimental series copperhead brewery and conroe they are the barrel aged kings yep. of the state as far as i'm concerned and uh listen spindle tap kills knocks it out of the park spindle with with hazy ipas yeah yeah sigma that, does too yeah sigma does great. and and uh, what's the name of the guys in um uh, in Kingwood, or are they in Kingwood? Or Somebody Kingwood? ingenious? Yes. In Humble? Oh, That's in Justin. Humble, thank you. Man, those guys have got it going on as Just well. Just had them on. They have really jumped up. They started doing something called... Uh, Fruit Madness, and mm-hmm. it's just it's, yes. it's, it's it's a breakfast slushy in a, in a can. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. wonderful. You mentioned having them on. Um, um, talk a little bit about your show. What? Uh, oh yeah. So uh, for those who aren't familiar with me, uh, you know I don't ever come on the show. Uh, I have a show on ESPN in Houston called Whiskey Neat, where we sit around with guests over drinks. Uh, we've had you know recently Brian Callen, Brendan Schaub, uh, Dolph Lundgren. We've had a couple of mm-hmm. decent names, uh, John Witherspoon, right before he passed. And this weekend, uh, we actually have Mark Norman coming on. If you're a Mark Norman comedy stand-up fan, he is he's this generation's Jerry Seinfeld, but a yep. little dirtier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't be more excited to have him on. And you can find your show as a podcast as well, right? Yes, that's correct. So the uncensored version is released on iTunes as well as all your podcast platforms. Thank you for being attuned to promotion. I'm bad at this. <laughs> So I, I appreciate I appreciate your support no, walking me through that. No, you know what? You're not the, the guy who basically 
organized and started the Houston Whiskey Social, which I still maintain is the best beverage event that I've ever been to. There's, there's no way you're bad at promotion because that thing sells out and and it's it's a huge hit every year. Um, maybe this is a good time for me to ask you. I know we're a long way away from the next social, but with the stuff going on with the pandemic, is it even possible to do something like the social if social distancing stuff is still in place? <clears throat> so that is a fantastic question. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about it. So not not only are we having one event next year, we are now in- introducing a second event uh, that is uh, the Houston Agave Social, mm. and that will be in the fall. And that will be now. I know it's called the Houston Whiskey Social, but we'll have our good friend Greg, who Greg Dosakis, who has cognac uh-huh. and rum. Right, right, right. So we'll have a few exceptions to the whiskey rule. Of course, yeah. Uh, and and for the fall event, we will have a few exceptions for the agave rule to include Satol, which is not right. agave, right? So. Uh, we will be lining out a second event in the fall called the Houston Agave Social, and our event is still slated for the end of February. Usually tickets go on sale September 1st, Bourbon Heritage Month. We are going to wait a little bit. Okay. It is a very peculiar time right now. Yeah, it is. But we will be reaching out to vendors uh, in the next couple of months, and either September 1st or October 1st, we will be announcing the next event, And uh, but it will be the end of February so next year. assuming that people are still uh, social distancing, similar to what's happening now, I don't think we'll. I don't think that'll still be in place. It, if if it did, would you maybe look for a bigger venue so there'd be more well, we, room between people, or would you limit tickets? What what would your approach be? Great question. So one of our issues that we had last year is we finally hit capacity. Mm-hmm. Last year we realized, hey man, it's too many people. So what we've what we're gonna do. Uh, we, we, we fielded two different scenarios. One, we were looking at another venue right in the heart of downtown, the Houston Marriott Marquis, mm-hmm. uh, to take off their, to, to basically take over their entire f- ballroom floor. Right. And then people could just go up to their rooms, which would be great. Except right. uh, that is the only venue we've been able to find that is potentially open to sectioning off and, and removing their liquor license for that scenario. I see. Which is important. Which they have to do. They have to, to do. To be able to do the social, right. Yep. And uh, they are just absolutely awful at getting back to me. <laughs> you would think if someone was going to give you $150,000 to do an event, uh, you're, that they would be eager to get back at you. Yeah. But I'm being a little catty. But they, they, well, they're not very great at it. So what we've, the other scenario we looked at was taking over more of the current venue. Right now we've got the Cigar Lounge, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No complaints. Lots of room. But if we take over more of the grounds, there's an also a back patio. We could throw up some luxury tents. We can expand outside the venue, move all the food to the luxury tent. So then you've got another 2,000 square feet. We could reduce the number of tickets a little bit. We, we've got potential to utilize more of the grounds and solve the two problems we had last year, which were bathroom lines and elbow room. So one way or another, this thing's going to happen. It's well, I mean, it's going to happen in less. Problem. The weather was beautiful last. Yeah, time. Yeah, it really was. Absolutely beautiful. It was comfortable to go out there in a jacket, even. Sure. No problems. It was super nice. Yeah, Ian and I spent time alternating between the main floor, getting samples, and out in the cigar sure. lounge, of course, having a cigar, which I think is what a lot of people do. It's it's just a great social experience, you know. I think I think we have potential to spread out a little more mm-hmm. and and still keep it there for maybe one more year. Good. Uh, Good. The the agave social in the fall, we're going to cap that uh, at a very small number, mm-hmm. like maybe less than 500 people. 
as it's its first year, we want to make sure it's done right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, we may be there one more year. We just need to. Every year we have one or two things you have to fix. Right. And every year so far we've fixed them. Right. And the new stuff crops up. That Three you years ago, it was the heat. Yep. Two years ago, it was check-in. <laughs> Last yep. year, we fixed all of those problems, and it was more yeah. uh, elbow room and, and uh, bathroom. So yes, I get it. We've I got some it. ideas. Well, when you do the agave social, just remember your friend and your buddy who oh, actually prefers agave yeah, as his favorite spirit. I've, I've thought, I thought about you immediately as uh, soon as we had it. So we're, we're also contemplating a rum event as well. Mm. And uh, if we can if we can – tweak and perfect locally these events and 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 do right by the ticket holders and the vendors and make sure that they are taken care of because you have to make sure you take care of both ticket holders and vendors i think uh i think you'll see maybe even a rum event as well i'm there uh, for all these events yeah. i'm there i was uh, watching ian on on skype as as chris was talking and he took an enormous swig of of uh, the beer that he's tasting and it actually reminded me of when we had mark nichols on the show and apparently ian and i were boring him at one point so he kind of sat back and shotgunned a beer on camera behind i remember us. that <laughs> i remember pretty, that it was pretty awesome uh ian what are you drinking uh first i am drinking the danny trejo oh nice and uh, and so it's a Trejo's mexican cerveza. it's a mexican lager how is it it says heco in la uh, so yeah, the Mexican craft lager. This is from uh, I just saw it on here. Uh, born in Mexico, brewed in LA. It says brewed and packaged by Lincoln Beer Company, um, Burbank, California. Nice. Uh, RAR Premium Pilsner Malt, Wyman Munich Type One Malt, uh, flaked rice, flaked maize, uh, Magnum hops, some other stuff I can't pronounce, and lager yeast. Uh, nectar of Mexican gods. It says on the back. I got to tell you, this is outstanding. Yeah, this is a lager with some really nice big flavor to it, but finishes nice and clean. Not too much hop, so it doesn't it doesn't get bitter at all. Actually, it's got that nice malty kind of uh, light malty finish. Uh, and this is an outstanding lager. When it comes to Mexican lagers, for me, it. I either love them or I don't like them at all. Like the ones that I like, I really love, but I'm a little picky about them, to be honest. And and I want them to have some flavor, but sometimes they 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 try too hard to be weird and different, and it just the flavors don't don't mesh as well for me. I got two questions for both of you. So one's a quick answer. Second one's a bit more complicated. Uh, Give Ian the complicated. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Do you thumbs up, thumbs down? Real simple of Dos Equis. Dos Equis as a brand, eh, I'm in the middle. Yeah, in terms of if you're looking, let me let me ref, let me shape that question a little bit better. Uh, if you're looking at a at a uh, what's the name Gringos or you're at some typical Tex-Mex restaurant and you're looking for a beer rita or something just just a quick Mexican beer, are you going? What are you going for? Is it Dos Equis? Okay, hold on, uh, hold on. I've never had a beer rita. Oh, they're fan- That's you- awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Tecate? That's awkward. See if yeah. Uh, second thing is uh, Negro Modelo usually. Sure. Yes, yes. If in the mainstream brands, I would go Negro Modelo number one. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Tecate number Modelo two. Tecate in a can is. Uh, Tecate, I can drink yeah, that all day. Tecate yeah. number two. Dos Equis would be third, and Corona would be fourth. That's just me. I won't ever drink a Corona again. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of Corona, and I don't know if they'll survive the pandemic. Oh no, joke. You know, I, yeah. I, I think we're likely to see them 
put that beer out under another name and just try, try to start over. I, I'm not. But, I, I'm. I'm a fan. Officially, I'm a fan of uh, Dos Equis. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I don't hate it, and it's a. It's a. It's like yard beer. I will. Know? I will tell you this though. Very sessionable, as they say. Dos Equis <laughs> makes the worst beer I've ever tasted. Oh really? Yeah, it's their Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale. Oh, is it that blue one? It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. We've had it on the show, and I remember Ian started out saying, yeah, it's not great, but it's okay. And like the more of it he had, the more he hated it, till I think he oh, hates yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it got worse He hates worse. it now as much as I do. So It's awful. Se- second question, uh, when are you two, with the internationally known... <laughs> Podcast smoking and toasting. When are you two going to do a beer collaboration with a local brewery? Like, and here's my suggestion for breweries. Yeah. Um, uh, Eureka. Eureka Heights. Yeah. Question. It's a it's a great question. It'd be fun actually to uh, I pitched to, to get to involved in that. They, huh? they, they, so I met the owner at, at, a, at an event. Mm-hmm. One of the owners. <clears throat> then Rob. Uh, he's. I think he was on the show. He's the shorter guy. Joel. Say it again. Joel. Yes. That's who I met yes. at, at an event. Uh, actually, you guys were at that event. That was the event we the Glenfiddich launch. You remember that yes, night? Yes, that was a great night. And then at the Whiskey Social, I met some their head of marketing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he, he mentioned, and, and I have thought, for some reason, my mind has just been obsessed with the idea of you guys doing, and I can help place that beer places if you're unsure of, but I think you guys, uh, you, you, this is the quintessential beer show, longest running as far as I know. Longest running beer show in Houston. There's been a, actually, there's one other. Um, John Kenman. Um, he had a Drink of Ages Pub. Okay. I uh, think yeah. I think his yeah. I think his show is still on the air. Okay. But he had a pub. Right. You know, you guys, yeah. you guys <laughs> we don't have a pub. You guys, you guys could do. We uh, have Ian's backyard. That's I, it. I think you, know? you guys could do something killer with Eureka. Uh, that that's a great thing, and let's definitely talk about doing that because I, I love the idea. I just love the idea of seeing Ian's picture on a can. Oh yeah, just you know? his head. That just, just be awesome. That, just that Billy Goat that, of a beard. Yeah, just just smiling. That, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's look, smiling. Um, I'm just see. You say that. I'm just throwing it long enough so I can split it into two. Oh, I love uh, I love that idea. It's two braids. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to Renaissance Festival in the fall, or what, what's the plan here? What's the what's the what's the goal? I just that? say that to terrify my wife. Yes, yeah. I love it. I love it. Ian the Conqueror, Ian the um, Fierce. Speaking of breweries from the Houston area, this uh, this Spindle Tap um, One Love, which by the way does not have a picture of Bob Marley on it, no, but certainly evokes in its color scheme the you know you you see the color scheme. You see the name One Love, you immediately start hearing the song in your head. Sure. And uh, it's a really interesting hazy because most hazies that I've had that are similar in mouthfeel to this either are a much sort of a sweeter citrus vibe to them or they're bitter in a hop bitter kind of way. This has almost a different kind of bitter to it So th- this uh, is, to me. This was part of a four-pack of Break em Off, mm-hmm. uh, Faded. Mm-hmm. Uh, one love, and I forget the other, <clears throat> and the 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 one love. It, officially, I like it, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as faded, and it's better than break them off. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's this weird area where at first it's very it's very breakfasty. Yeah, you talking about that uh, that orange juice, the mm-hmm. color. Yep, but then, but then it finishes with a with a bit of a bitterness that's it's different. It's not that. Kind of resiny bitterness uh, from hops. Did you give some to? Uh, I did. I did. Uh, you got it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I would say my, the things I love most about Spindle Tap, I love their. Uh, what is the what is the their basic haze? Is it Houston Houston haze? Houston haze. Five percent tint is garbage. Five. See, I disagree with you completely. I can't stand five percent tint is my favorite locale. Um, locale? Lo- I don't know if they're are they locale? Yeah, no, that's that's oh, what really? it's all about. Yeah, it's five percent. Well, for a hazy IPA, it is. Sure, it may not may not be you know less calories than a Michelob Ultra. Sure, but it's their it's their entry into that world. The lower ABVs. I think yeah, it's great. Well, Tastes like a Michelob Ultra either. No, no, no it certainly H- doesn't. Houston Hayes, I'll drink all day. Five yeah. percent uh, tent is a when I need something for the yard, <laughs> and I'm out of Houston Hayes, I'll grab a five percent. So I, I go there. It's one of my go tos when I want a lower ABV, maybe lower calorie, lower carb uh, a beer. I go generally with that, with the Lagunitas uh, Daytime, and with the um, the Dogfish Head. Um, uh, the slightly mighty, slightly mighty. That's so good. What are y'all's thoughts on Montucky Cold Snack? I'm gonna throw that one to Ian. Ooh. Uh, on what? Montucky Cold Snack. I haven't tried it. I oh. think I think you stumped us. I don't think either of us. I've seen it. it. I haven't yeah. tried it. Yeah. So they're they're uh, they're 16 ounce beers that usually run about a dollar a can. It's a price to quality index. <laughs> it's really hard to beat. Well, that's that's just like Ian when he smoked a uh, Black and Mild. Um, it, it was it priced to quality. I think he gave it like an eight. They've got a, yeah. a they've got a beautiful can with a picture of a unicorn on the front, and it's just a sixteen ounce dollar oh five dollar ten beer that you can get at places like uh, uh, eight, eight Row Flint or some of uh, Morgan yeah. Weber's joints. I actually have one in my refrigerator, but I haven't opened it and tried it. So. It's a it's a basic. It's a Basic yeah. lager. Blue can with the unicorn yep. on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Basic lager. Uh, and I believe it's adjunct. Uh, it's got some, some something to it. But And what do you think? I love it. Yeah. It's okay. Pr- for price well, to quality index, it's really hard to beat. I, I definitely look forward to trying it. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to uh, taste another rum and maybe another beer. And then we got to talk whiskey. Okay. We, we right. got a whiskey expert on the show and, and we got whiskey to try. So stand by, everybody. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Uh, and we are on show number 190. We'll be right back. 190, brother. 190. What's that, Ian? So we are halfway to 200. Yep. All right, coming back into segment three, Chris Hart's going to do the well, well. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all you, man. We usually only do it at the top of the show because I don't want to. Here I just say, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 190. Halfway to 200, as Ian likes to say. Uh, we are, uh, Chris Hart and I are live in the studio. He's our special guest, our whiskey expert this week. Uh, Ian is uh, remotely located uh, here via Skype uh, because he's in Tucson. Your brother lives in Tucson, right, Ian? He does. He does. My brother yeah. lives in Tucson. It's so refreshing to see that you actually talk to your family. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand most of mine. <laughs> so that's great. I don't know if I have an unusual family like that, but everyone in my family gets along with everyone else in my family. Yeah, that's that's a good thing because it's not always a given. You know, it's it's not always a given. And I really appreciate it. it. Really not is. only that, but I got a big family. You know, I've got two brothers and four sisters. And you you got another brother that's in Michigan, right? In like one in of the actual falls, yeah, one of the summer. coldest cities in the world, or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. or snowiest cities maybe in the world. It's, it's uh, the coldest city in the continental United States. Oh my God, that's just that's just amazing. I don't know. 
Jesus. I don't know how he does that it. That sounded good. So, yeah, I just uh, popped open a can of the Ghost Ship Goza. Let me show this to the camera because we don't have Mr. Twirly Gig active today, and he is he is missed. We missed Ian in the studio, and we missed Mr. Twirly Gig. That is the Ghost Ship Goza. It is from Galveston Bay Brewing Company. It says on the can, brewed by the bay, high grade, and it goes on to say uh, that Goza, a style nearly lost forever, has been salvaged by Galveston Bay beer. Naturally tart, Ghost Ship Goza is crafted with coriander, a pinch of sea salt, and finishes balanced and refreshing. By using a similar fermentation process to the original, we're proud to introduce this unburied treasure. So I'm going to pour some I of this for us in the studio. First time at the Brewmasters Festival in Galveston. So you, the Galveston uh, Galveston Bay Brewing Ghost Ship Goza? Is that, is that what no, you said? No, not Galveston Bay. Sorry, no, it was Galveston Island. Okay, think, right, because because that's a different maybe, brewery. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Ooh, can I get some thoughts already? Or? Yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, Chris, talk to me. I'm uh, blueberries. Blueberries. Take a smell of, now, you of just the head. I don't normally think of uh, blueberries in a goza, but but it always has that fruitiness to it. Yeah, so. yeah. well, the, when oh, I oh, you're right. There's I'm blueberries on the nose for sure. I'm defining that fruity as a blueberry for sure. There's something else in there too, though. Something. Uh, Something maybe a little darker berry, mm. like a black salty. Uh, well, it said it had some sea salt. Yeah, yeah, salty. Mm-hmm. It's got. Well, most great gozas have got some saltiness to them. In fact, there's there's one. Ian, I think we've had the one on the show before, the salty lady, yeah. uh, goza, and and it's it's that's part of its whole profile is it's a very so it's kind of like it's the same sort of experience in a goza as you get when you have a margarita, but it's got salt it's on the rim of the glass. Martin House, isn't it? I, uh, yes, it is Martin House. Thank you. All yeah. of that sea salt, all of that that's that uh, reminds me of sweat. It's it uh, the whole thing reminds me of my uncle growing up. No, no. <laughs> no this, this is not. Necessarily, you give my uncle a hug. He's a case in for the day. You know, this is this is a not necessarily a positive review. Does that does that flavor no, keep no, you no. from enjoying the beer? No, no, I'm enjoying it. It's a good beer. But uh, it, you know, you know those those family members you hug growing up, and yeah. you, you smell it coming through their skin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in a good way. How do I say that in a positive way? Well, it's <laughs> it's kind of like what your grandma's house smelled like. It's not a fragrance you want like in a spray can of air freshener, but it's still got a certain comforting uh, quality to it. When you go to see Grandma, am I right, Ian? Uh, our friend, our friend <laughs> Ian is laughing. So <laughs> our friend Jessica Moore Kern says uh, Galveston Bay makes some uh, an amazing watermelon wheat mm-hmm. uh, beer. So uh, shout out to Jessica Moore Kearns over at Barrel Craft Spirits. Nice, I love it. Uh, this is a uh, this is an enjoyable beer. It's not my favorite Goza that I've had. It's interesting, but, but it is savory. interesting. Yeah, savory. It, it's savory. And actually, that's interesting you say it because usually with Goza, the first word you think is tart. And with this one, the first word you think is savory. Agreed. And but and but, w- but when you do say tart, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the tartness there. is yeah, there. Yeah, 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 no, no question. Ian, what did you just pop open there in Tucson? So I just popped open the uh, Santan Brewing Company 1920 Arizona style lager. I love the look of that can. That just I would yeah, buy that based real, on the well, can alone. Their whole uh, they're very distinctive cans, and their whole. Uh, their whole line has cans that are kind of like this. Mm-hmm. They had a few, but I decided to try this since it was distinctly Arizona-style lager. And uh, on the can it says, Santan 1920 Lager is bright, crisp, and easy-drinking brew, a homage to our city of Chandler, incorporated in 1920, just months after the birth of Prohibition. This lager's beautiful, simple palate is achieved through the use of a single hop Amarillo. Nice. Amarillo hops is a great, I mean, 
I've enjoyed a lot of different IPAs that used Amarillo or Amarillo and uh, Simcoe hops. So this uh, this lager has a sweetness in the middle of the palate that fills it out as a gorgeous, gorgeous beer, and then finishes with a very crisp, uh, hoppy pop to it. This is incredibly balanced. Well, and uh, it I'm, is. I'm it a is, little jealous on this one. I'd really like to taste that. There's a little breadiness, a little pretzel to it. There's yep. a little saltiness to it. There's a little bit of malt sweetness right in the middle, and that hop just cleans it up. It's so good. I love it. I love it. That sounds like sounds like it's just right, right up my alley in terms of in terms of the flavor. The way I like those to taste from a flavor standpoint. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, news in the cigar world this week: the founder of Gurkha Cigars. Oh Lord resigned good stepped down as company president after apparently a social media some post. horrible social media po- uh, posts regarding the black lives matter movement and now he claims his his twitter feed was hacked i, I have a question chris you're you're a, a, a guy that understands the computer world is it even really possible for somebody to hack someone else's Twitter account, and how likely is it? Because it's the first thing that people yeah. always claim. How probable? Is yeah, it? how probable? Better question. I, Thank I, you. Okay, so I'm not defending him, but right. a little bit more benefit of the doubt. O- older people are more prone to click on phishing links and emails. And so, if a phishing link gets your information, they could hack your Twitter feed. But do I believe that's what happened? No, not at well, all. Uh, I mean, it was very obvious this guy cuz it wasn't just on his Twitter, I think or on his yeah. Instagram, it was also on his there's some if you go to his Facebook page, there were some other posts that were pretty yeah. that supported his stance. Yeah. Uh and and the the black community, Samara Rivers over at the Black Bourbon Society, immediately immediately was like we can't say the F word on this, but F you, Gurkha. You can. Okay, you can absolutely. Yeah, say. yeah. Everybody was like, "Fuck Gurkha," right? And uh, and the the backlash was, of course, they stepped down. Now I'm sure that was more of a either step e- either step down or we're gonna or, or force we're, you down. Force yeah, you down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always felt like if I was a guy who was running a fishing scheme. And I was sending out these emails that say, click here to get a larger penis or whatever sure. whatever stuff they, they do to get people to click yeah, on. Click all day. Yeah. Right, right. Those are, those so, are fishing schemes? Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Catfishing schemes, actually. But I digress. Hold on. I got a keyboard here. Yeah, okay. Uh, but no, if I was going to do that, I'd be trying to like log into people's bank accounts and steal money. Not that I would ever do that. but Yeah, but that's I, actually a very good point. I wouldn't be trying to go on somebody's Twitter feed or their Instagram. For a political statement. And make a political statement to get them in trouble. What would, what would some hacker in Mongolia care about the guy from Gurkha Cigars and want to get him fired? Again, I'm not defending him, but I got a, a plausible scenario. Okay. A competitor. Oh. Right? So if there's yeah. another – I mean, let, let's be honest. Ever since Bill Clinton – Blew up Gurkha in the nineties mm-hmm. as to his tool of his, choice. His tool of choice, yes. Yeah, uh, the the Gurkha has exploded in popularity. And, I mean, they're one of the big ones, right? Well, if I were a competing cigar company, and I hacked his uh, Twitter or Instagram, I wouldn't make like racial statements. I'd just say I just make a post like that was something like, 
wow, we're sure having trouble with our cigars unraveling when people try to smoke them. Sure. That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. Again, is it, is it plausible? It's slightly plausible. I was just answering your yeah. question. No, what would a hacker want? Right. A, a competitor trying to, to hurt the brand. But Well, I think it's a good thing for pretty much everything that, uh, that he stepped down. Certainly, if Gurkha Cigars is to ever be able to do business again. Alan Denny's saying, Chris, really? A competitor? Hey, I'm not. I'm not. His question was, why would a hacker do right. that? Well, a, a hacker who was after financial information would just be after financial information. But if you were trying to hurt a brand, that's the way you do it. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Alan um, says, no, they're not one of the big ones. Okay. okay. All right, Alan Denny. Listen, I'm on the show right now. He said, this is what I love about Alan. Even when he's not here to physically pod crash, he still finds a way he still, to pod crash. He still has a, a way to ruin oh, my day. I'll tell you a great story. This is true. This last is night, hilarious. Last night, Ian texted me and, because he wanted to check out his Skype from Tucson, make sure that it would be stable for the show today, right? And make sure it was working on his computer the way he wanted to. So uh, so I texted him back and said, yeah, I'll, I'll call you in a couple minutes. So I went and got my iPad, set it up, um, uh, went to Skype. And the way that my Skype is set up, it's got the main screen, and then on the side, it's got the list of like previous calls and stuff. Sure. So rather than track Ian down in contacts, there was a call sitting there in my previous list, and it said Ian, it, it said uh, uh, Ian Barry and the studio. I was like, well, nobody's at the studio. I'll just hit this, and the studio won't connect, and I'll connect with Ian. So I connect with Ian, and we just started talking, and boom. On the screen comes Alan Denny without a shirt on, I might add. Uh, and and apparently, the the screen didn't allow me to see, but Alan was also on that chat that I hissed, hit. Sure. So it rang him, and of course he answered. And so I said to Ian, "It doesn't even have to be a podcast for Alan to crash it. He'll crash anything. I love that. Yeah. Well, love it, that guy. To, to be honest, uh, if you saw him without a shirt, he wasn't wearing pants either. Oh well. The, yeah. You no, know, knowing <laughs> Alan, knowing <laughs> Alan, you got spared. You know, I, but I, I, I'm glad that the angle was as it was. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So, um, so Chris. I, I haven't even gone to uh, yeah. That's the to that's, smell the second one. Here, that's but. the Belizean rum. Oh right? no, I from, love from Belize. This, love this on the nose. Fourteen years old, also unfiltered. And how old was the first one? Was it twelve? Twelve. Okay, so twelve. So to we've got twelve, fourteen, and sixteen years okay. old. And th- now the Belizean rums that I've had before, I found very interesting and complex. Oh yeah, uh, this is arguably so. There's there's a couple people I've tasted on. That have disagreed with my order. I think the order should be Foursquare, Belize, Guyana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic uh, Sung, uh, a good friend of mine, recent. Uh, we've recently become pretty close. Dominic thinks that the Foursquare is better than the Belize, but Wade Woodard, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Belize is his favorite. And Wade is very discerning. So the interesting thing about this, it actually has some similarities to the Foursquare. Mm-hmm. But the the sweetness, the sugar sweetness Ooh, yeah. of the rum, the concentrates right on the center of your palate, and it has this wonderful, almost gritty quality to it. Like you ever, you ever like your mom like makes a frosting or something, and you you lick the the uh, the spoon, the spoon. It's got that kind of a characteristic to it, not chocolate, but just a just that sort of gritty sugariness to it, and it's very pleasant on the middle of the palate. And, and this is somehow less hot than the one before. It's mm-hmm. hundred, but it's one hundred and thirty proof, sixty five percent. This is technically Ooh. flammable. Wow, 
So a touch, <laughs> of, to touch of water might help. That's <laughs> good to know. Care, yeah. Careful when you're smoking a cigar near that. Yes, no kidding, no kidding. Chris, that's really good. So so let me ask you this you rum question. Water Clearly, uh, Houston Bourbon Society, obviously you'd love to do your own bourbon, um, and I'm sure you are working on that behind the scenes even as we speak. Well, I think it'll be the last thing we touch. Bourbon, to be honest, is oversaturated in terms of everyone's sourcing, everyone's right. bottling. It's a, So it's hard to find the right stuff that you're uh, looking for. Listen, if we bottle something and it's got the word, the B word on it, uh, it's going to have to be something truly special. Okay. If we got our hands on some 15-year-old Heaven Hill juice, maybe. Right. But we're not going to be bottling 10, 12-year-old bourbon for crazy prices, right. you know, none of that stuff. So the, what, one thing we noticed is simply that we have the ability to bring in stuff, really, truly unique casks that have been sitting around untouched uh, at a price that beats any major – because we don't have sales reps. We don't have state managers. Right. We don't have – uh, a corporate office, like we have you no, have, you don't have infrastructure to support. We, we, right. we don't have any infrastructure. So we like uh, I love Rum Runner, and and you can get great Belizean rum from from Rum Runner uh, for 150. Well, we can we, you can you let us in a little bit on how you go about because you've got uh, what a 14 year old and a 16 year old rum. You didn't pick these 14 or 16 years ago. How do you go about picking a bottle? Tell like some of our listeners out there have no idea how this process goes so we, as do i have no idea we we so can you tell us a little bit about this process we are approaching or we have approached quite a few we've we've approached sherry bodegas we've approached um mescaleros we've approached uh, cognac companies to see if they'll sell us some barrels i just want to bring as i've said a million times i just want to bring cool shit to texas so I don't care what it is. We obviously couldn't call it cognac. We'd call it brandy from the cognac region of France. So the, right, the right. educated consumer would know it's cognac, but we can't right. call it but cognac. We can't call it that, yeah. Uh, we, we've approached several Scotch producers, and we're going to be going to Scotland in August to pick out a few Scotch barrels and see if we can convince them to sell to us. We've done the same thing with rum. We've approached Hampton. We've approached uh, uh, a bunch of different rum distillers to see if they'll sell us some bulk rum. Most of them sell to one company out of Europe, uh, and we, we've approached everybody. I just want to – so they sent us samples. We tasted through about 20 different samples. We sent them back. They sent back more samples, uh, and we finally found six barrels that we loved. So are these sourced from different companies? They're all all they, under your label, right? So the Guyana was distilled at Diamond Distillery, the only distillery in Guyana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four Square Distillery in Barbados. There's actually a few in Barbados. Uh, we're looking at some samples from Mount Gay as well. Wow! Even some dead distillers, distilleries that are uh, no longer around. We found some 30-year-old Inmore, some 27-year-old uh, Iflut. Uh, these these are distilleries that are, are long gone. They don't exist anymore, but they've got some old, old barrels literally just sitting around in a warehouse. So we jumped on them. Uh, the Belize is from Traveler's Distillery. Uh, we taste it. We loved it. We've got very little overhead just to get it bottled and, and brought in, mm-hmm. imported. And we get to bring cool stuff to market. So that, that if we can bring a 16-year-old... you. Try to buy a 16-year-old bourbon. Tell me you're not paying $200 for it right now. Yeah. So uh, 119 for the Guyana, 16 years old. Uh, the Barbados should be around 110, and I think the Belize is 115. But they're they're, they're literally 
the slimmest margins you can take without overhead. And it's only going to get cheaper because as we continue to, to expand and establish this, uh, it should be a bit easier to bring these things in. But we really are at the end of an era for, for rarity. So used to, you could literally, anytime you're going from Dallas to Houston, you could stop in at a mom-and-pop liquor store and, and a hole in the wall and find something that's been sitting there for a decade. You could, dusties is what we call them. Uh, and that's all been picked over now. Right, people have found those. People yeah. have found them. There, there's no. There's. We're out of the era of dusties, uh, mm-hmm. with a few exceptions. But primarily, if you want to get something in, you just have to get it in. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're working on it, quite a few fun things, and this will help fund us starting up a second event next fall. And well, to- Chris, you know that I like to be helpful at all times. If ever you need anyone to go to Montgay or Barbados or San Lucia uh, and do some sampling for you on boots on the ground, sure, I'm available. Yeah, so we, if you we, want to send me, I, I'm available. We we are. Uh, I'll keep you in mind. Okay, good we're, to know. we're taking a crew uh, in <laughs> August to some to Scotland. Now we can't call it Scotch if it's right. bottled here. We'll right. just call it single malt. Right. Uh, but if it's but you can tell where you sourced it from. Correct. You yeah. can say. 12-year-old single malt from Scotland. Right. You just it's can't Scotch. Say you just can't call Scotch. it Scotch right. if it's not bottled there. So we'll, we'll exactly. be, and, and we're looking at some fantastic vintage single casks of sherry and port and Madeira, and those things can't be called those things. Right. So we'll call them fortified wine from port. There you go. Fortified you know? wine. I like it. So uh, my, the, the Belize is my favorite so far. So And that's why I did it in this order? Yes, I love I, it. Now I can't wait to blow your mind with this Guyana. Mm-hmm. This Guyana is so bizarre and so interesting. If you like the unique, uh, there's a, a great guy locally, a guy named Tyler Martin, who said it's the most complex and unique rum that I don't like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> like he loved, its, he loved its complexity. He loved its uniqueness. He loved the but nose. But he doesn't want to go pour some at home. But it's not and, like and a daily it. drinker. It's, it's a special yeah. occasion like peated whiskey. You know, a lot of people, you have to be in the mood for peated whiskey. I'm kind of that way. Like, I've, I have developed a real taste for it, but it's still not necessarily where I go first when I go, yeah, I think I'll have some whiskey. You know what I mean? Uh, I have to be in the mood for this. Sure. My mood for peated whiskey is more often than not. Yeah, I, I'm I'm aware of uh, I'm aware of that. For I'm you, the same so. way, Ian. I prefer, so. I, I'm a, I'm a, if you put it in front of me, I like it. Yeah. Ian, yeah. what happened to your yeah. arm there? A little scratch, a little road rash? Oh, I was mountain biking. Of course you were. <laughs> now, here's the fun thing. My brother told me, hey, when you go around the corners, don't go to the outside like you normally do because it's all dusty and dry out here. And I did. <laughs> and I immediately washed out and hit the ground like this. And then I thought to myself as I got up, dusted myself off, I thought, you know, I have pads right here on my backpack that would have stopped that. Yeah. So then I put my pads on and never wrecked again. Of course. That's, yeah. that's the way that works. That's the way it works. And with that, we will take a break and come right back. We have one more rum to try, and then we got to talk whiskey uh, because uh, we have a whiskey expert on the show. So stand by. We'll get there. I promise. It's smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. All right. I'm going to go pick another cigar. Go and do it. Say what? Oh, you're going to get another cigar. cigar. Yeah, go for it. Wait for you to come back. Nipples just got hard. What's happening right now? It makes you want to hear like one of those very wide voices come in like, Hey, Hello. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Oh, yeah. 
show number 190. This show's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. In the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, Ian, uh, during the break, you went to get another cigar. So talk to me a little bit about the one you just finished. What was your overall take on uh, Finishing on this one. This was the uh, TAA exclusive Tatuaje mm-hmm. uh, 2020. And this is a cappuccino and cedar bomb all the way down. Nice. Like, there are other great little flavors that show up here and there. But that is the the bulk of what I get out of this. It's been absolutely delicious all the way through. That's kind of like two great tastes that taste taste great together, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't that the old uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? the beers that we've had. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, uh, we're going to do a little more tasting here. We have one more rum to try, but I'm going to change up and go whiskey before we do. Yeah, let's do do it. So uh, I brought this one in. and uh, Palate cleanser, as I I don't know if you got that. Let me try it again. There you not go. Bad. Nice. Not bad. Um, I brought this one in, and I thought it was interesting. You said, uh, Chris, you had had this, but it had been quite a while. Uh, so I thought we'll uh, we'll try a little bit of this. I've got some very tall cups, but I'll still pour a little sample in there Appreciate for you. it. Appreciate it. Uh, this is the George Dickel Barrel Select. And I'll be honest, I had read about the George Dickel uh, Bottled in Bond, and I went looking for that, uh, wasn't able to find it. So I decided on this one instead because it just looked really, really intriguing. Um, what's what's your memory of this from when you tasted it before? Uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, liked, I, I right? believe it's their yeah, it's their highest end offering. You know, like Jack Daniel's mm-hmm. Barrel Select or uh, you know their their Barrel Proof. Uh, from what I understand, I think this is Dickel's high higher end. Right. Uh, you know, cask selection. A uh, little harder to do the nose in these tall cups, but. Wow, yeah. it's a very interesting nose, though. Yeah. So one thing I recall about this is I believe it's lower proof. Yeah, it's a it's a eighty six proof, forty three percent. It could benefit from a touch more. From a touch more. Yeah. Yeah. So the bottle and bond is thirteen years old, and it is a hundred proof. Yes, that's what I was looking for. I just I just couldn't track a bottle. Down. You can really pick up on the Flintstone vitamins in this. So this is a distinct indicator of all Dickel liquid, Dickel juice, mm-hmm. is their. Uh, uh, they've got a Flintstone vitamin note. <laughs> it's not an unpleasant thing. Some people hate it. Some people like it. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of older Dickel. I think they're as, as silly as the name is. Uh, I like a little Dickel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You've just invited a comment from uh, Alan Denny. So, uh, Ian, I see you twirling the bottle of gin there on the uh, on the Skype. That uh, that good proof like... on that gin. 104 proof. That's pretty nice. Ooh, that was a nice effect too. Yeah, I it's like pretty that. big. I like that. Uh, the the Bell Select, I think, is interesting. It's good. It is hard to get away from, especially once you characterize it as Flintstone vitamin. It's hard to get away from that from that flavor. Well, there's also a touch of tobacco there I really enjoy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. which I like very much so. Yeah, very much so. Um, I actually read a, a really glowing review of this as well as the Bottled and Bond. They, they both got, got high marks for... Uh, uh, for flavor, so um, yeah, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, it's it's definitely got. Um, what are, what are the notes I'm getting apart from the Flintstone vitamin here? I'm, is it? it it's, There's a candied sweetness there. That's yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. It's and you mentioned the tobacco, the the that sort of dark, almost pipe tobacco type of uh, a mm-hmm, vibe to it, mm-hmm, which I really mm-hmm. like. Uh, very good, Ian. I, have you poured the gin, or are you uh, still pouring? I have. I already tasted it. And so, talk to me. How syrupy is it? It's uh, syrupier than 
you would think from a gin. It smells amazing. It's, Lots it's of got lemon. A really bright botanical and fruit kind of smell to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking at it, but, I bet there's a ton of lemon peel. There's a very lemon kind of fruit to it, but it's got a sweetness to it, like sweet lemon, not bitter lemon. And that's a, like, you nail it right off the bat there. It's very good, though. There's also a lot of that char aftertaste that I'm really enjoying on it. This is what happens when you bring a whiskey expert on the show. He can tell you what you're tasting when you're a thousand miles away. Yeah. Even That's, before you taste even it. Just, before just for you the record, it. I have never claimed to be an expert. Well, you were proclaimed an expert, I was though. proclaimed an expert. By, by, by Texas Monthly Magazine? Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty, like, you know, it's not exactly a, I back a it up, inside though, man. source. You know, Cruz likes to tease you about it, but I back it up. I yeah, he fucking right. does. <laughs> I think you might know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you have listen, you know, we have you on the show... When we need a whiskey expert on the show, uh, or well, also just when we miss seeing you, like Avenue. Of course, Yarn, but, I love you guys. But uh, but we love we Genuinely. love having you on the show, and it's a, it's always a uh, Adam doesn't say much, but I love him too. Well, you know, he's he's a cool guy. He just doesn't have a microphone in front of him sure. like the rest of us. We should get him that producer mic. You know, you always get the producer that mic that doesn't sound very good. You know, like if you're listening to Joe Rogan or something, he checks in with the producer, and the producer's always like, "Yeah, I found the image for that, Joe. Yeah, I, I'll put it up on the screen." Um, it's 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 that kind of thing. We'll just get him that really, really interesting mic. Ian, are you making a martini, sir? Right in front of us. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, well, yes, I am, sir. Well, I, because why I'm, would you have a gin if you're not going to make a martini? Hilarious. Uh, you are you are a man among men, my friend. Did you mention uh, you had a list? I do, and and uh, this uh, this segment since we actually are tasting some whiskey. In fact, you got me a little lubed up. I'm feeling uh, while we're doing I'm that, feeling catty. While we're doing that, opinions. why don't you why don't you find us another uh, whiskey to taste from one of the uh, whiskey or rum? Uh, let's go with another whiskey in this segment. Let, from let me give you else something else altogether. Okay. This right. is neither whiskey nor rum. This is uh, rum, or sorry, it's called uh, Balcones Rumble. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, I think you guys should do a Eureka Heights. Right. Uh, you know, thing. This is our collaborations with Balcones. Nice. It's Oloroso Sherry Fully Matured X Rumble, which is made from Mission Figs, Turbinado Sugar, and Texas Wildflower Honey. So it's not technically whiskey, but it's like if Brandy and Whiskey had a baby together with rum. I'm excited to and try a, this. And a devil's three-way. I'm very excited to try this. So this is really interesting. Okay. Awesome. Give one there to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Excellent. Thank you. There you go, sir. All right. Uh, so while we're doing that, there's a... I freaking hate you, Jessica. First of all, I have <laughs> never... I, I'll say it again. I've never claimed to be an expert. I am being humble, you, you freaking jerk. Yeah, well, we, we're the ones that call you the expert. Us and, Thank and you. Texas Monthly Magazine. Thank you. In fairness Stupid to Chris. Jessica. In fairness to Chris, he has never... Ian, I hope the camera's on you there, Ian, while you're doing that. <laughs> I see. Because his that olives. looks freaking awesome, He dude. planned this. That is the... Boy, you gotta, you gotta oh, be out baby. of the studio more often. This is very entertaining. Is that tonic water? What is that? Mm -hmm. It looks a little bit carbonated. No, that's when you shake it so that it Forms ice crystals. Nice, nice. Look at you, you boozy bitch. I love it. <laughs> That's great. Put that so, pinky out. Pinky mm -hmm. out, baby. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is, this is so Oloroso good. Sherry 
It's basically a rum and brandy made from Mission Figs. It's just fantastic. I love this. This is just absolutely delicious. Let me let me show this to the camera again, uh, because this is something we can find. Uh, no, it's gone. You can't find it. It's gone. Yeah, damn yeah. it. Now we're gonna be damn going it. back uh, June eighth to Balconies to to do some more wine finished Rumble versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're so bloody brilliant. And knowing how much you love tequila, this weekend at Four Area Specs at Specs Smith Street. The Bay Area specs, the Woodland specs, and there's one off of I-10 towards Katy mm-hmm. that those four locations are going to get the oldest barrel ever released from Balcones, more than six years old, fully matured in X tequila. Nice. So if you are a tequila fan. This sounds like my kind of thing. White pepper and just, it's, it's yes. this overwhelmingly beautiful barrel of, of, I think they took an old Añejo barrel and just filled it full of rumble and it's it's gorgeous. So we'll, we'll have plenty of that this Saturday it releases. Uh, there's a lot of lists that I, uh, that I find on the internet because I spend an inordinate amount of time on the internet and some of it is actually at legitimate sites that don't have, you know, you know, uh, bikini like photos. Yeah, I was about to say, where is this yeah. going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but lots of th- hubs. You spend yeah, a lot of time right. on lots certain of hubs. hubs. Yes, yeah. lots yeah. of hubs. Uh, uh, but but uh, there's one of the ways I think that it seems certain if you're a website to get clicks is to put up lists about whatever, like things that you know people like. So take whiskey, for example. So that's why a... A website like businessinsider.com will post their list of 10 whiskeys that you have to try, according to whiskey experts. Can we just get a camera shot of Ian? Because this is, this is, I, I'm so it, proud of him. If we had a, like, a photo of what this show's all about, that would be it right there. Enjoying that, life. That is a happy man enjoying life on smoking and toasting. But before you I love it. go into the list, what, let me ask you both a question. How many cigars have you say you, like, the, the most you've smoked in one day? It would be when we were in Honduras for me. Yeah, definitely. I probably topped eight or nine. I hit yeah. six this week. I haven't had cigars in two months because I had my teeth cleaned, and I always get a lot of anxiety about the staining. So I, ah. I, I laid off cigars a while, but when my humidors, plural, three of them, when they reach capacity, I've got all these. I'm like, I gotta do something. <laughs> I gotta smoke. So this. I the, like how your humidor keeps gaining cigars, even if you're not smoking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> my humidor actually has a similar problem, but it's the opposite. You can't keep them still. I keep smoking cigars, and the humidor keeps like getting more empty. Yeah, but but anyway, you, so you did a six cigar day. Diplomatico sent me a box wow. of cigars. They did some some Nicaraguan sticks with somebody. Uh, for Diplomatico Rum, and they're they're absolutely fantastic. So a couple of days ago, we invited the family over, and I sat in a chair for eight hours. Nice. I sat in a chair that's for what eight I, hours. That's what I call a great day. And one cigar after the next, yeah. and I woke up feeling great the next day. It was <laughs> it was a unique situation in which you mm-hmm. definitely overdo it, but you you don't you you hydrate enough that you 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 stave six, it off. Six is a lot, even for me. Six is a lot. Uh, six is a lot. Ian, I just so I. I just lit up the uh, Intemperance uh, Whiskey Rebellion. Oh, nice. I have had that cigar. It's wonderful. It's a decent stick, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good overall, and I thought with the uh, barrel resting yes. that this endured, I it thought it might go well. And i got to tell you, it does. So, and it has, like, with the, with the addition of the olive in there, it actually brings some of that fruit down to a little more of a dark fruitiness. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. You don't really taste the olives so much, but I can't wait to see what these olives are going to taste I like. I bet they're going to taste great. 
So according to the experts, All right. and the experts in this case have been defined by Business Insider. I don't know how they uh, are qualified to pick experts on whiskey. Sure. So this is why I didn't want to do this list until we had you here to comment on the validity of these 10 entries. They're saying these are 10 whiskeys you have to try, according okay. to d- air d- quotes d- here. To try? The yes. Well, okay. My, my, well, my opinion is you should try everything. So, right. But I, I've got some thoughts. Go All ahead. right. So here's the actual headline. Okay. The 10 best whiskey brands. Bullshit. You need to try, according to two renowned experts. Wait, does it list who those two experts are? I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, Heather Green. Oh, she's fantastic. My okay. Lemon Green. She. They have a Texas whiskey here. She's. Uh, mm-hmm. She is a one of the foremost leading female, uh, for, foremost leading experts. Period. But she's a very very strong female influence. She's a tremendous pioneer for women in the in the industry. And she is. There's a great video that I think you'd love mm-hmm. on YouTube, in which. Uh, there's some company, I forget what the company is, but they taste test her blind on shitty whiskey and great whiskey. And uh, it's a whole series. They'll do it on store-bought cheeses and rare cheeses. Right, right. Uh, to see how they yeah. stack up against each great, other. With an great prosciutto and like knockoff prosciutto. Right, like, right. And she did one on whiskey that was so phenomenal and hit the nail on the head. Uh, she, Heather Green is, is I couldn't be more impressed and... Uh, the, the respect flows out of me for her. All right, so Business Insider found an expert then. Okay. All right, how about Susan Riegler? Don't know who that is. Pass. Uh, it Pass. Says, says here she's a world-renowned bourbon expert, lifelong Kentuckian, no. and former president of the Bourbon Women Association. Okay. She was a restaurant critic and has written multiple books on um, on uh, bourbon essentials and the history of whiskey. <laughs> he has an upcoming release that she's authoring with Peggy No Stevens called... Which fork do I use with my bourbon? Peggy, that, so, that sounds like a book I would buy. Peggy's awesome. Peggy, right. Peggy's awesome. Peggy right. knows Stevens. So here are the ten in uh, in the order that they're numbered here. Okay. Um, so we start now with number ten, and that is. Hang on, I was I'm getting back to my spot. The red, yellow, and green spot Irish whiskeys. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, and I would agree with this because I've had fantastic. I have, not, I have not had the yellow and the green, but I've had the red. We've had it on the show. And it's been spectacular. Ian, you brought that in, didn't you, as I, as I recall? Which one? The Red Spot Irish Whiskey. Yes. You, you brought that in on the By show. By the way, that's three different whiskeys, so they've already broken right. their list. So they've already broken their list. We had that when we were at the New Potato. That's right. Oh, that's what yeah, it was. New potato. Yeah, and it was, it, it was, I think, our favorite of the day that we, that yes. we tested. Uh, at number nine, Suntory Whiskey Toki. No. See, I wouldn't have gone for the Toki. If you if you're gonna go back to one of the more traditional brands, because the Tokis they're more it's recent. more pedestrian. It's right? recent. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say pedestrian. It's recent. It is great. It's great for a lot of cocktails. Uh, tons of banana note influence. It's not mint. Excuse me. It's not it's mint rum. as a sipping whiskey. It's right. mint as a as a, a blending mm-hmm. tool. Uh, and it's I wouldn't put it up there for necessity. I haven't heard the rest of the list, but okay. as far as necessity, I think the red, yellow, and green spot are fantastic examples of uh, the diversity in Irish whiskeys, the, the brilliance of mm-hmm. how great and underappreciated Irish whiskey is. Uh, Toki, meh. Not your favorite Japanese whiskey? No. All right. no. At number eight, 
The Glenmore and Jean Nectar d'Or. 100%. I love that. Uh, it's nec- wonderful. Nectar, I always thought it was d'Or. Maybe ha- it is. I, I, you know. I, I had their assistant master distiller on, uh, Brendan McCarran, on my show. And, and how did he pronounce Nectar it? Nectar d'Or. Nectar Duel. I also really? learned. I also learned that it's uh, Quinta yeah. Ruban, not Quinta Ruben. Now Quinta Ruban, I knew. Yeah, I didn't. But uh, but this one. But you I guys didn't. had David Stewart in here too, right? Yes. Or not David Stewart. Um, uh, uh, David. Uh, his his name on Facebook is David Glenmore Glenmore David Blackmore. Yes. No, no, no. Allardyce is Glenfiddich. No, no, no. Sorry, that's Glenfiddich. Yeah, yeah. Not all Scottish people look the same. Racist. <laughs> um, yeah. David Blackmore, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Nectar Door, fantastic example Nectar of great singing. Door. I, I would actually that. recommend the Quinta Ruban or the La Santa over as a quintessential Scotch. It is just La such Santa a beautiful so sub fifty dollar bottle. Mm, Can't complain. Uh, at number seven, J. Henry and Sons, small batch bourbon. No, no, that could be removed entirely. There are better examples. Um, there are better examples of of classic Kentucky bourbon. You you could throw bullet in there in place of him. This is why it's so important to have Chris on when we do a list like this. Ian. Yeah, it, Jay Henry can it suck it. It makes complete and total sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, at number six, E. H. Taylor, single barrel, bottled in bond bourbon, hundred percent, hundred percent, fantastic so, bottle. In fact, I've got a bottle of it right here. So here's what I love about having Chris on the show. Fantastic so bottle. So jealous. So when you have Chris on the show, he doesn't take the middle of the road. It's either. Hundred percent, or they can suck it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, a lot, a lot of people think that I'm a too, I'm too middle of the road at times, and oh, I'm like, see, nah, I, I'm, see, I'm honest. I don't find you that way at all. <laughs> I, you're either, you're either all in, or you don't want any part. Sure, it's yeah. black or white. That's, that's the way I see you. Uh, at number five, Johnny Drum, private stock. Yeah, absolutely not. It's a small batch, no, aged I, a minimum of three years, 101 proof. Yeah, a couple of years ago, Willet actually mm-hmm. is now, it's now all their distillate. Uh, and and listen, I love Willet. I love their impact on the industry. They were bottling stuff before anyone else. However, however, their current young stuff is just not up to snuff. So I put that on a shirt. Their current young stuff is not up to snuff. This is the kind of insight I could not have offered without having uh, Chris on the show. See, Johnny Drum is very lackluster. So for people who want to, <laughs> for people who want to uh, critique. Us referring to you as a whiskey expert, this is I offer this as proof. The guy knows what he's talking so, about. So, and the last one you mentioned that I, I naysayed, I, I offered up uh, Bullet as a replacement for this one. I'd offer up Elijah Craig Small Batch, nice. uh, ninety-four Ooh, proof. That, that is proof. a wonderful. That's a great wonderful whiskey. And whiskey. usually eight to ten years old. So you're getting a decent age on it. You're getting yep. a decent proof on it, and it's sub thirty dollars. Usually twenty-six, twenty-seven bucks. I would recommend Elijah Craig Small Batch over. Uh, Johnny Drum. At number four. I think, I think it's Johnny Ho-Hum, actually. I think Johnny that's how Ho-Hum. you pronounce it. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's not middle of the road at all. It tells you exactly how we he feels. You never know how you feel. Uh, at number four, the West Westland Peated Single Malt. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so the best, one of the best, arguably the best single malts produced in the U.S. is out of uh, uh, Seattle at Westland. Westland makes a sherry. They make a peated. Uh, what Westland does... That was the first time, so it's very common in distillation. It's very, very common in distillation to reverse osmosis filter your your tap water from your local city source. Right. Kentucky loves to talk about Kentucky limestone water, but that's mostly bullshit. It's just a sales technique. Most of it comes from 
the public water source in Louisville, which actually runs even as far south, like 100 miles south over to Jim Beam. Uh, they get their water from the Louisville water source, uh, which is just tap water. But they go, it goes through a reverse osmosis process, which right. sanitizes it. I literally went to Westland and saw them put a garden hose in their in their tanks. Wow. <laughs> like it is un it is unfiltered tap water, but Seattle has some of the best tap water has, in the US. Has some great tap water. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons there's so many great uh breweries in Seattle. Cuz the water that they start with is so pristine. Seattle's killing it. Westland is killing it. They make some of the best single malt in the US. At Hands n- down. At number 3, Cole Keegan American Single Malt. What the f- that's no, no, no. At number three, he laughed at that one. They that say was awesome. It's produced by Santa Fe Spirits in New Mexico. Single malt whiskey made from 100% barley mash, smoked using mesquite wood, no. which gives it a smooth, nutty flavor profile. If they're using smooth in their description, I'm out. Okay, smooth doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We we are our, our culture. You're is, not saying you don't like smooth. No, You're saying it's I'm, a meaningless term. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, our culture has been brought up on shots. And when you're drinking spirits, neat, and you shoot it, and you swallow it immediately, it burns. So we've become a, inclined to describe less burn as being more as being smooth, smooth. But right. that doesn't mean anything. Right, because that's how I would say, you know, we've talked about the Skelly uh, tequila on here. And we've described that as smooth. But what we really mean is, as tequila goes... Lots of flavor, not much burn. Yeah, you know, and 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 smooth is an undescriptor, and it's also a false indicator of quality. If something burns, it doesn't indicate a poor, poor made product. Right. It usually indicates a higher proof. Right. But a higher proof is universally recognized as a as a. Uh, the closer you get to cast strength, the more you're getting a raw product. Right. Uh, straight As from the barrel. To something yeah. that's, and know, that's also, mesquite is not a great uh, flavoring tool for spirits. It's it's arguably. Like it. I like it to cook steaks, but. Yes, correct. <laughs> when it comes to spirits, it's arguably going to be written off nine times out of ten. So if it's described as smooth and, if, and, if, and I've had it, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I, I wouldn't put that as a quintessential whiskey for you to try. Four Roses. A small batch, Four Roses single barrel, Four Roses cast strength. Four Roses is arguably the most current innovative. I mean, between them and Buffalo Trace, they're fighting for – Brown Foreman's doing a great job too. But uh, if, if I, I would replace that with Four Roses small batch. Four Roses small batch. At number two, and this one I'm not going to pronounce correctly, is it uh, Catoctin Creek? Catoctin? Cato- uh, I don't how do know how to pronounce it? it either, but uh, Catoctin K- C-A-T-O-C-T-I-N. Katokin yeah. or Katasin Creek Roundstone Rye. Uh, have you had it? I've had it. It's not bad. They do a lot of good things. They were supposed to be at the social this year, and they didn't show at all. Oh. Uh, but uh, they And yet Yellow Rose did. How is that? Yeah, happened? that's fine. I, I, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, they, I, don't, I don't have an issue with them. I've had their product. It's good. I wouldn't list it as a quintessential right. or a, or you've or got a must a, try. Yeah, I wouldn't put it as a must try. Okay. I agreed with the H Taylor. At number one, Old Forester Rye, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the hundred proof rye. That's a that's yep. a, that's about a twenty dollar bottle. Old Forester can do no wrong. I there was an episode I did with their president and CEO Campbell Brown. Uh, we we talked through the Old Forester lineup. Old Forester Rye at hundred proof is twenty dollars. Old Forester 
1920, Old Forester 1910. You you literally, if you are on a budget and getting into the hobby, it is a safe bet to purchase any of the Old Forester line. Uh, it is the span of $20 to $50. There's at least six marks in between. Mm-hmm. You cannot go wrong, and the rye is fantastic. You heard it here, folks. If people want to go back and listen uh, to that interview, was, where, where was, do they go? Do you website? Yeah, so you can go to mywhiskeyneat.com. People always ask me, why my whiskey neat when the show's called Whiskey Neat? That's because I like my whiskey neat. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was a, it was probably about 10 episodes ago. Okay. So about 10 weeks ago, uh, maybe a little more. So go back around 10, 12 episodes, you should find it. We right? had Campbell Brown on. We talked specifically about it. You know, it was an unsponsored episode. I didn't take any money from them. It was just my love for that brand. Old Forster is one of my all-time favorite regularly available products. That's awesome. All right, we got to take a break, come back with our final segment. We do have one more beer that I want us to get to, which is this other uh, IPA that I brought in, uh, Chris, and I hope it's still cold. I'm super excited. Uh, it's still I, cold. I've got mm-hmm. a uh, 1991, the year Seinfeld came out, yes. uh, Wild Turkey I want to taste with you, too. All right, so. Good, and we got one more rum we got to right. taste. So this yes. is going to be a very full segment, and we'll be back for it in just a moment. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Um, Oh, Ian, Chris Hart may know a lot about whiskeys, and you may be the great, you know, gin martini maker, gin martini maker. But I have a bottle of something, or I should say a jar of something here, that I am so excited about. It's almost more exciting than all of these things you guys have been presenting. Before the show, my buddy, Rowdy Yates, the famous Houston country radio DJ, brought me a bottle of his, or a jar here, of his homemade salsa. And let me tell you, this stuff, I told him, I said... You have to start making I said, I will buy it. I'll pay for it. I'll buy as much of this as you can make. And he's like, yeah, but then it becomes work. I just do it for, you know. You got some chips? One, he's one of those guys. It's, oh, we should oh, do it. I, I wish I, if, I, if I had known, yeah, it's jalapeno-based. And if I had known that I would have this, I would have definitely brought a huge bag of chips, and we'd have, we'd have thrown down. But I don't have any chips. We have a, a fellow friend of ours, uh, Randy mm-hmm. Svetlik. He's an admin at Houston Bourbon Society that he's doing one himself, and he's actually turning it into a business. It's called Gunslinger. Nice. Uh, and the last batch was habanero and serrano pepper oh, based. Love it. Bro. I would love a little uh, little blind taste off here in the studio. Oh, yeah. you know, we so should a, totally a do a salsa show. Started hot sauce companies. I've got a friend of mine named Trevi that started Asburn Hot Sauce, which Ashburn. is quite good. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know, if you see it, Rings it thing, is quite hot good. sauce. Very good. You know, and then. Uh, my friend Matt Crow uh, has his hot sauce company, which is—I'll think of the name in a little bit. But Matt Crow's hot also, sauce. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that? I just—I said Matt Crow's hot sauce, but I just made that up. <laughs> that looks incredible. I don't actually know. I have to think of the name. Um, I wanted to mention, by the way, since you guys were talking about uh, taste testing, I had this idea this week. Ian, do you think this would work? What if? We put out an invite, and you probably have to tap some of the people you know to make sure we had enough to do this the first time. What if we put out an invite to homebrewers to send us a couple of bottles 
of the best they've made. That's right? actually a great idea. And then we did a homebrew <laughs> blind taste test. 100%. Picked our favorites, talked about what the flavor profiles and stuff were. I think that'd be, I don't know, I think it'd be, it'd be fun. Great idea. Um, do you do you know enough homebrewers? That's 100%. Yes, I think that's 100% a great idea, but we're going to have to put it two to three months out so they have time oh, to brew their best. But totally. You, you, yeah. guys, you guys are coming up quickly in 10 weeks. Episode 200. From, from show 200, I yeah. think we should do it episode 200, and you could post in the Houston craft groups saying, hey, if you're a home brewer, we're about to have a blind taste test for Houston's yeah. best home brewing, and boom, you it's, have 10 guests on. It's, or, it's 10 weeks away. That'd give everybody time. I think it's a smart idea. You guys right. could basically cement best homebrew beer in Houston I officially. Like I like it. All right, so we'll talk more about that after the show, but... This is uh, one of the first times you get to hear that sound uh, from Bear Bottle Brewing Company because they generally have always uh, gone to bottles. During the pandemic, a lot of places that were bottling have gone to cans, and the reason is because of the ease of transportation, the store shelf, if they're getting them put on store shelves, store shelf space is easier, uh, and uh, they have a tendency to just make it easier for them to get the beer out there. Sure. So even a company named Bear Bottle which is known for great bottled IPAs, uh, has now shifted at least some of their production to can. This is their hazy IPA called Galactic DJ. This is a company that puts out um, different IPAs every month. And they're just, uh, the, I'll tell you, I've, I've yet to try one that I didn't like. I've had some that I like more than others, but I've yet to try one that I didn't think was exceptional. And so uh, I wanted to try this, uh, Chris, while you were here, because I know you're a fan of, of the Hazy IPA, so I thought the timing was perfect. And this is, this is Bear Bottle is easily in my top five favorite uh, breweries. So Galactic DJ, um, let me see what it says. There's they a bit of citrus there, not quite orange, more of a nectarine. Accidentally a- or recently discovered by our brewers. Uh, Galactic DJ is a juicy exoplanet in the interstellar hop system galaxy. So that's what they say. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, so on the nose, I'm getting a kind of a nectarine. Uh, yes. Definitely a citrus, but not an orange. You can right? see the um, you can see in the in the label there. I don't know if that's an orange or a nectarine, but they've got a Let me see. The, like a, a planet Saturn look with a with an orange or a nectarine well, as got the, tons of information there. That's the great. Planet. Recently yep. discovered. Yep, 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 yep. It does not say hazy IP. It says hazy IPA. Okay. So yeah, I don't know what the, the citrus is they're using, but uh, well, I will tell you on it, it, once you sample it, it's definitely tangerine, not orange. Tangerine's a good word. It's it's and tangerine has that really distinctive taste that a lot of times when we taste these very citrusy hazy IPAs, I get a real mixed citrus vibe. I don't get that from this. This is tangerine. Yeah, I, I officially I like it, mm-hmm. but I could probably have one. Like I couldn't drink yep, two yep. in a row. It's not my favorite bear bottle for Correct. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've had some of theirs that were just among the best IPAs. I've I, ever I'd had. put it in the slightly above middle of the road. Like mm. not not bad. It's definitely good. I would say that this would be a great one to open. You know, you got a friend over. You're sampling. You want to, you know, uh, a, a half half of that can would be a great you know taste shared bottle. Tasting shared yeah, yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Agreed. Exactly. Kind of like the bombers. Ian, I knew you were going to go for the morning buzz. Coffee stout. That looks beautiful. Love a good coffee beer. 
I used to be on a radio show called The Morning Buzz. Morning Buzz caught the morning buzz. The Morning Buzz. Mud Shark Brewery. So you know Rod Ryan? Uh, so I, I love what it says him. on here. There's a, it says Beer Can Logic. Mm-hmm. It says these cans are better for the same reason they don't make kegs out of glass. I know you're looking at me. I get it. If you I ever get drop it. a keg, you'll remember this and say good thing for Mud Shark <laughs> or something like that. Or something like that. Good thing for Mud Shark. All right, Ian, tell me what you get out of this. This is a coffee is it a coffee porter. Remind me again. Stout, this is a coffee stout. Coffee stout, okay. And it pours out in a very dark, not very uh, carbonated liquid. It yeah, says that looks on the can, light. let's see, it says, stout, coffee, your spouse. Some <laughs> things are definitely better when they're rich. Nice. <laughs> it looks it looks not rich. It looks it looks uh, not very thick. It looks more of a lighter stout. We're gonna find that out in a minute. Mud Shark takes that spirit to heart. Uh, dark roast coffee beans, chocolate notes, and a smoothness unrivaled. There's that smoothness unrivaled in their way through this. Uh, make their way through this decadent stout. So we're gonna see how decadent this is. It does look a little on the thin side. I have to agree. It smells like fresh roast coffee. Like I don't even get a lot of beer on the nose. It just smells very much like coffee. Here's the deal. <laughs> don't hold I back, brother. I think this is more coffee than stout. <laughs> okay. Well, that would explain why it's a little thinner then. Yes, it's 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 more coffee than stout. It tastes really good, actually. It tastes like good, rich, brewed coffee. Cold brew coffee. Yeah. 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 What, what's the I ABV? I really like cold brew coffee, but this has a little a little bit of beer in there to back it up, which makes me kind of like it. Less than eight. I'm going to say six yeah, to eight. Yeah, what's, what's the ABV on it, Ian? Yeah, it's say probably it pretty small. Six it to eight. It doesn't taste that huge. 6%. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, that explains it. Yeah, yeah that's a, definitely a light stout. Not a rich stout yeah, at all. that's very much well, it's on like the a Guinness. Side of stout. Guinness I, is I a lighter tell stout. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in the mouthfeel from it. Um, Thin, right? It might be a little too cold, though. It's been sitting in my ice over here because everything out here warms up so quick. Right. Uh, but I'm willing to bet it's going to go well with my cigar because, oh yeah, you know, coffee and cigar go that, really well together. You can't. Uh, you know, mouthfeel-wise, it really, it really doesn't scream stout to me, even though it is that stout. It, it seems light, right? Light and carbonated. It's well, less carbonated than you'd think. Oh, really? But you would say that about a Guinness, too, right? It's got a lighter mouthfeel. Yeah, it's... but there's more of a smokiness to a Guinness, you know? Okay. Yeah, enough. in my mind, I can literally see in the glass from the video feed, it looks like a more uh, more carbonated, uh, lighter stout, not thick and heavy like you'd expect. So, like from a, What's the one that does the birthday cake and the prairie artisan oh, ales? prairie artisan yeah, ales. Where yeah. those are like thick syrup bombs. Oh, oh, yeah. It, no, it, it almost pours out of the can. Yeah, this looks like the opposite this of that. Actually, this is honestly a little disappointing in the beer department, but kind of nice in the coffee department. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I, maybe I'm, that's I'm, why it's a good morning buzz. Uh, maybe it's aptly named then. You know? It's, uh, I, I like a lot of other coffee beers better than I like this. Okay, sure. Enough. By the way, I so, just had... But it's not um, a bad drinker. It's a lighter drinking coffee stout than you would expect. I just had this week one of the Buffalo Bayou Wake and Bake, which is a blonde with coffee. Oh, that's a great one. That yeah. is a fantastic beer. It, it, it doesn't seem like a blonde ale with coffee would even work, and it just so totally it pulls it does. off. 
So totally does. It's fantastic. We got to get those guys on the show. We have invited them to come on. Um, I, I never saw. I can I can shoot them a text. Like, right. hey man, shoot them a text. Don't ask yellow them. rose this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yellow rose this. We're uh, we're we're fans. So, um, Chris, the uh, more I drink this, the less I'm liking it. Actually. Oh, interesting. Oof. That's that's never a good thing. No. Uh, the the ones you like are the ones that. You start out thinking that's okay, and by the time you've had a little more, you're like, you know, I'm really kind of digging this. Yeah, you know? that's like our friendship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few drinks in, I'm really glad we're I'm really glad we're friends. <laughs> you start off a little, what's here? Okay, that's good. That works. Uh, while you choose, are we gonna do rum next? Yeah, or, let, or let's or hit this last guy on. All right, let's that, hit this that, last guy. That sounds perfect. Uh, while you do that, I wanted to give a huge shout out. We've actually mentioned and name checked a number of notable Houston breweries uh, yeah. today. But I want to name check and and shout out to one one of my very favorites uh, because they're doing something incredibly cool tomorrow. St. Arnold Brewery, uh, right here in our hometown of Houston, uh, who make who make great beers and we love them dearly. Uh, tomorrow they have teamed up with the um, Give this to Best Friends Animal Society, and they're handing out more than nineteen thousand pounds of dog food for anyone who's been in financial distress because of the uh Could they economic. not give out human food? Well, they dogs. Oh no, it's too. for the dogs. dogs is what you're oh, too. I see. I yeah. see. I dogs thought they were too. So people who have dogs, that might become like one of the tough things sure. to continue to pay for when you're uh, Can you imagine that choice either I eat or my dog eats? Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I initially Ooh. thought he was saying that they were giving out no. dog food for those who are hungry. I'm like, okay. wow, I could use some All right. just buy me a hot dog. Let me back up here. <laughs> Best Friends Animal Society there you go. is gonna give out nineteen thousand pounds of free dog food and they've teamed up with St. Arnold to do it. They'll be doing it at the brewery and it'll be handed out to any pet owners who've been faced with financial hardship at uh this uh, pet food drive. It's a nonprofit animal welfare organization. They work with shelters and no kill shelters, and uh, they're just offering this free dog food for pet owners. So you can get it from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. tomorrow at St. Arnold Brewing Company in Houston. If you're in the Shout out Houston to Tommy area, Ainsworth. So. Yeah, yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, St. Arnold's so. is one of the best. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those guys are just, you know, they're, they're innovative, and I've noticed that lately, they seem to be coming out with uh, with new styles and new flavors even faster. It's like they've it's like they've stepped up how often they release something new, which I think is which I think is really cool. There, I, I love their um, uh, their latest uh, hazy that they released. It's really quite good. Not nearly as hazy as what we had today. Yeah, but it's but it's fantastic. All right, so this is the Guyana rum. You said this is the one that sort of defies description. Yeah, so this is the most, this is the nerd lover's rum. It's tons of licorice, tons of anise, uh, fantastic nose. That we the bought, nose is great. We bought three barrels of Guyana. They're all individually barreled, so this is the highest proof barrel, 109 proof. Everything else goes down from there. Easily the funkiest of the three rums that you brought in today. Tons I love of- that you use the term funky because funky is one of those... Flavors. It's not like the funnest word for for, for providing taste, but it's very apropos in a lot of situations. And and particularly and it's not in this funky case, in a bad way, funky right. can be very. Good. It's it's got a funk to it, but that's a good thing, not a bad thing. You know, sometimes when you say you know this tastes kind of funky, you don't mean that in a positive way. In this case, what you're describing as the funk is similar to what you might 
describe as dank in a beer. Sure. You know? Uh, it, Love a good dank beer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's got it's got real complexity to it. There's stuff going on that it's going to take you a while to figure out. So you're right. It, it, it becomes the nerd, uh, the rum nerd uh, uh, rum, for sure. Am I seeing stuff floating? Yeah, in there? you can yeah. see tons of particulates. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the oldest. Do you get upset when I bring beer that has floaties? I do, or or Cruz does. Well, Cruz does. I just don't like chewing my beer. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I don't like chewing my beer. I don't mind it. Ian brings a beer. smoothie beer. Oh no, that's different. It implies chunks. That that's, that's like your orange juice with pulp. I I'm, love it. I'm talking about when he brings a barley one that has. It feels like it has like chunks in it you wonder like how old is this barley wine really yeah do you ever cellar age those saint arnold's uh bishops yes barrel? oh yeah tons of I chunks have, tons of chunks i have bishop's not a fan barrel back to quite a few numbers in my fridge yeah, yeah. it's bishop's, time to drink them pretty soon i do love floaties. the bishop's barrel but uh, i was kind of saving them for the 200 yeah I, I will say when i pour uh an ipa into a glass that's got a lot of hop to it and it's got residue in the i generally won't Take that last drink. I'll generally dump that. Yeah, yeah, you know? and that's fair. Yeah, because it's also it's not just it's not just the sediment; it's the sliminess of it. Well, but a lot of times there's there's fermented yeast that's sitting around at the bottom of that canning line, and then you get a little bit of that in there, and it's too much. But what Ian brings in that I'm referencing here is you're drinking the barley wine, and suddenly something stuck to your teeth. That to me is not what I'm looking for in a bar. Too much. That, that's called flavor for later. <laughs> I guess suppose it is. When you um, pick your teeth, you go, ah, oh, it tastes like beer. I'm going to tell you that I think my favorite is probably the second one. Okay, but I Belize. love this in a in a rum nerd kind of way. Sure, this is in my favorite words, one. If if this I'm is the peated scotch of rum, if I were to have a go to of the three, it would be. Uh, the second one, which was the Belize. The right? Belize. Adam, yeah. did you get one? Uh, yeah. yeah. But but the Guyana, this is more like if I want to sit down and contemplate a rum, oh, yeah. this is the way to this go. This makes me think about why yeah. I got married. and <laughs> you know, This makes me pontificate on life. Uh, the the mouthfeel, the, the oils, the, the oldest current still in the world distilling is a wooden still in Guyana called Port Morant. And it's... Uh, a Morant, however you want to put it, but it's just it just yields the weirdest profile. So it's it, where the funkiness is coming. It coats your mouth. You can re- I think knowing Ian, uh, I know that you're going to love this for its roller coaster of a flavor profile. I think you're going to really love that. Knowing, There's, I feel like he's real into the weird. There's an episode of the TV show Grace and Frankie with Jane Fonda, where she's in a bar having a martini, and she says to the bartender, she says. I just don't understand why your martinis are so good. And the bartender says, I'll tell you the secret. I don't wash out the shaker. <laughs> that's the secret. And it, it seems to me that uh, this that's a, that's rum, a dirty still. That this rum <laughs> in that old still, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like the pots and pans you have at home. The seasoned the ones. The seasoning behind the are, skillet. They, they make the it's best. seasoned still. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the thought process yeah. behind the still is it's an old hardwood still. It's a wooden still. So it's picking up those yeast, those bacteria, those... I mean, they're, they're the heat. That, I mean, they're, you're cooking, you're seasoning that still with every run. And you're cooking it right into the funky oh, wonderfulness love it. Uh, of this. This is, yeah, you're right. This is the rum um, 
the rum nerd rum of the three. Uh, the the Belize would be my go-to, but I I love the first one too. Like it was delicious. So yeah, that's what's fun about it. You taste not, people on the Barbados, you're like this is great rum. Then you try the next one, you're like, holy shit, this one's actually yeah. really good. I love that moment when Chris realizes he's not on his show and he can actually like drop the s bomb or, or oh, I cuss yeah. on my show. Yeah. Oh, okay, I cuss on my show all the time. They, yeah, they yeah. just bleep you, right? Yeah, they bleep for radio, but the the podcast form is is uncensored. We have an episode dropping tomorrow that there was. Quite a bit of language from one of our guests that I <laughs> I was worried about, but uh, yeah, no, we we Dolph Lundgren swear uh, a little bit, uh, cool, you know, a little cool. bit. He told a couple stories. I thought he's his, an interesting dude, so fascinating. He really is. He told a couple stories that I thought his publicist was going to ask us to cut out. Uh, the first one, I'll tell you both real quick. One, uh, <clears throat> he's from Sweden, I think. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, Sweden, uh, and his dad was a military man, and when his sister and him first met a black man they had never seen a black person before they ran and hid under the bed and for him you're, the innocence of a child and not being exposed because you're in Austria or, or Sweden where everyone is blonde hair and blue eyed uh, his reaction was was interesting right mm-hmm. and then in the 80s everybody was you know doing cocaine and partying and living a good life the AIDS epidemic caused a lot of issues and concerns within Hollywood. It was like coronavirus. No one knew how bad it was. Is it right. this bad? How can you get it? You can get it if you touch their hands. Or right. So there's a lot of myths around AIDS. And he was dating a Jamaican uh, 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 actress and singer. I forget her name at the time. But she was... Uh, Dolph Lundgren famously dated this, this artist from Jamaica. Right. And uh, when... They had parties with uh, Andy Warhol and all these famous New York artists. And when AIDS happened, they they sold all of their furniture and their apartment, threw all their dishes away because they thought it was all infected. They were wow. It, just this 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 concern, and this was all before Corona hit. Right. So to to hear this honest story about this time in the '80s when no one knew what to think of AIDS. The Dolph Lundgren interview is one of my favorites because he was just so fascinating as a human, uh, and he couldn't be a nicer guy. Wow, very interesting. He's a very interesting guy. Um, and people can check out that show by uh, checking out your uh, Give your web address. Yep, so it's mywhiskeyneat.com. You can check it out on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, podcast platforms, and, of course, 97.5 FM ESPN Radio here in Houston. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we got to get you guys back on soon. As soon as you get back. We'd... Uh, We'd love to do it because there's always there's always really good drinking involved. Oh, so, for uh, sure. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Chris, you wanted to taste one of these yep. so, uh, wild turkey whiskeys before we go. Yep. Sure, so, ninety one, sure, ninety one. Back in the day, wild turkey got its start as a uh, rectifier. They would mm-hmm. they would purchase product like what I'm doing here. I would purchase and bottle my own rums. Right. They would purchase whiskey. Uh, Nineteen ninety one was a particularly fantastic year for uh, eight one oh one. I'll take a new glass here. Okay. Uh, these bottles run, depending on the time of year, these bottles run about 400 a piece, mm. uh, sometimes a little more depending on how old they get. But 1991 was a fantastic year for Wild Turkey 101. That's why I like hanging out with Chris, because I get to drink whiskey that's more I expensive like that you until than I'm not I could there. afford to buy. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I try to bring something great every time you're in town, <laughs> every time I'm on. You always yeah, do, You baby. always do, you yes, always absolutely. Do. Wow, this has got uh, uh, the nose on this. First, you get like the flavor, 
and then here comes the proof. You know, it's yeah. like it's like wow. Shortly, you after, know you're going to be in for something with this. Shortly after this, they got rid of the eight-year age statement and just moved to one-on-one proof. Mm-hmm. And you can currently find it. It's one of the best deals. Wild Turkey Eight or Wild Turkey One-on-One should have been on that list. This is really delicious. I got to tell you, for under thirty dollars, you can get a liter of fantastic Kentucky bourbon of a blend from a blend of six to eight-year-old. Got the hiccups. <laughs> yeah, uh, at a hundred and one proof. And for a standard seven fifty, you can get it for under twenty bucks. Wild Turkey one hundred and one proof is something that Wade will agree with on. is one of the best budget bourbons, and it's very well respected in the bourbon world. Uh, and this was the grandfather to that. This is nineteen ninety one. It's been sitting in the bottle for twenty nine years. Nice. Uh, talk about old bottle effect. It's been just sitting in a time capsule for nearly thirty years, and it's a fantastic pour. It really is. It's it's. Uh it's got so much flavor on the finish. It's just, it just really. And by the way, it doesn't have as much heat as the nose led me to believe that it would. Sure, yeah. sure. Because when because when you you take that first sniff, you're like, wow, this is going to punch me. And it really doesn't. I mean, there's heat, but it doesn't it doesn't punch you hard. You know. Hey yeah. Chris, how much does sitting in the bottle have an effect on the whiskey? So that that is a hotly debated item, right? It's unopened. Yeah, well, that's a hotly debated item. There is something officially, the official consensus is short term. Once you open it, once it's sitting there, whether it's open or not, short term, the short term could be two years, short term could be six months, uh, nothing, nothing changes. But there is something to be said. I've got a mustache hair that's tickling the shit out of me uh (laughs) the consensus is there is something called old bottle effect where whenever you have a product that sits in a glass bottle for decades there are slow incremental changes that happen with the liquid slow evaporation the cork shrinks a little bit slow evaporation Mm -hmm. of alcohol uh in a, a, a very tiny environmental change this is officially bottled at 101 proof but i bet if you were to test it it's higher Lower. I'm sorry, lower. Yes, yeah, I bet it would be lower uh, because uh, alcohol evaporation and, alcohol and evaporates faster than than water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet it would be closer to 98 proof. Uh, there's there's this slow incremental changes over long terms that uh, that is up for debate right now. But most people would agree that incremental changes for decades in glass is going to happen. I'm just I just had this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ian. That's no, that's awesome. I always wondered. My dad had the false idea for a lot of years that if you just left it in the bottle, it was aging more. And I kept trying to tell him that's not how it really works. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. So but, you, you know, cigars okay. can age in your humidor. Yes, yes. But uh, but the yes. uh, the whiskey. But you not have so much. active oils within those right. leaves to do that. So a, a, a lot of times, what happens, specifically with decanters, decanters just were not as sealed as well as right. a standard bottle. Is so there's more of an evaporation factor. More yeah. evaporation happens. The alcohol reaches below a certain point, and bacterial growth starts to happen. That's why you see a lot of old bottles that were stored in direct sunlight or in improper heating right. conditions that are cloudy. Right, they've got the That's cloudy. bacteria. Yeah. yeah, that means proof has dropped low enough that you can now start seeing bacterial growth, and it's risky to drink it at that point. Right, absolutely. If it's clear, if you've got a bottle that's 150 years old. Here at the house that... That has actually a glass top to it. Right. And it doesn't have a cork. It has a glass top. And I always 
when I have something good, I always put a cork in there instead of the glass top because right. I feel like the to the evaporative effect would yeah, be to seal it up better. See, this is the kind of, this is the kind of wisdom that you get when you have a whiskey expert on the show, Chris. You're you're a friend, uh, and and that's more important than the whiskey expert status. But we still appreciate uh, uh, having you on and and uh, being able to talk this in depth about whiskey with you. Well, it's awesome. I I cannot thank you guys enough. I mean this with the bottom of my heart. I love you, Ian. I love you, Cruz. I love you, Adam. Uh, you guys are, are great people. We've been friends for a long time, and I couldn't be happy to be here. And we are hugely supportive of all of your endeavors, your rum, your uh, your whiskey social, the upcoming agave social, which I'm like, I can't wait to go totally to that. stoked about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course your show. And uh, we appreciate everything you do, man. Thank you. And we'll uh, Cheers, we'll buddy. give our parting toast to the one and only Christopher Hart. Cheers, guys. Hey, Cheers. Uh, real quick, last two words of the episode. Fuck Alan. Here we go. <laughs> Cheers. Who's Alan? Yeah, I'm right. You had to do it. You had to do it. Nice work, Ian. Great you guys job, buddy. Rock, man. Thank you, sir.